Hello, my name is Michael D'Angelo. Welcome to Let This Mind Be In You. Or, if you are a return listener, welcome back. This is a ministry founded on proclaiming the gospel to the lost and exhorting Christians to remember that we have the mind of Christ. So let this mind be in you. Please make sure to like, share, and subscribe with all your friends and family. And if you would like to reach me, you can reach me at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I also have a Facebook page. You can find that at Let This Mind Be In You Ministries. Just search for that. Also, you can find me on YouTube at Let This Mind Be In You. And hello, welcome back to Let This Mind Be In You. It's another Thursday night for me, and it's another whatever day or night <laughs> that it is that you're watching. Because uh, this is again, once again, previously recorded here on Let This Mind Be In You as we continue to deal with fact that uh, the internet is not um, dealing with streaming. We're going to give it another try though here shortly here, maybe in a few weeks. Um, I think football's over. So maybe the streaming uh, over the cellular tower that I go, I, I go off of, maybe that'll help out. But uh, anyways, we're back in the book of Acts. Uh, before I get into that, uh, we're going to be in Acts chapter 18 tonight. Um, I really enjoyed Acts chapter 17. I hope you go back and watch that Acts chapter 17 um, if you get a chance and, and get caught up. I really enjoyed going through it. Um, we're going to, like I said, be back in the book of Acts, but before, before we get started there, always remember you can like, share, and subscribe. If you're watching this for the first time, go like, go share it, go subscribe to it. Click on that little uh, notification bell on YouTube and uh, subscribe there on YouTube. It's totally free. And you can uh, tell all your friends about it. And if you're on Facebook, let this mind be in you. Make sure you tell all your friends about that as well. Like it. Make sure you share it on your personal page. And then you can also make sure that you're encouraging people to subscribe there. Or at least follow it as it's called on Facebook or whatever it's called. And you can always find me on Let This Mind Be In You podcast. Anywhere you like to find your podcast. Uh, it's hit or miss sometimes on some of the uh, platforms as far as whether or not the entire entirety of the uh, the episode would be on there. If you feel like it's cut off or there's only like one minute long of a of a podcast, I've never done I don't think a minute long. So <laughs> that's what gives it right away to right away to me that I know that something is going wrong. Uh, but if you find that, please let me know. And the way the quickest way you can let me know is on ltmbiy at yahoo.com. That's a that's my email page that I've had for since we began this thing. Uh, almost five years ago uh, now. Boy, yeah, I guess it's been close to five years. Uh, but uh, that's been my email address. You can always reach out to me there at ltmbiy at yahoo.com. I'm getting excited. Uh, there's only about 80 more days until my retirement ceremony as of the filming of this. And uh, that'll be on April 1st. Uh, we'll be retiring um, and I'll be able to go on to the next portion of my life and whatever God has for me there. And um, I'll continue to do this. Um, I will take a, a, a little bit of a off time after my retirement ceremony um, where I'll be on the road with my beloved. We're going to take a, a long trip together in our house, our house on wheels. We're going to uh, go around some places. And um, I'm not sure if I'll really be uh, recording. We're going to be just spending time together. After 20 years of marriage and me, uh, after over 23 years in the Navy, uh, we're going to spend some time together. We were calculating it up um, 
just been deployments and times that I've been uh, away on training or something like that, and it's quite a few years, and I'd like to get those back if I possibly can. Well, we can't go back in time, but we can start spending more time together until we get tired of each other. I'm joking. We will not do that. All right. All right. uh, So let's get back into the book of Acts, Acts chapter 18, and I just want to point out a few different things tonight, Uh, not too many things to, to point out. Uh, you'll see here in a moment, though, I'll just point a few little names out and some other little odds and end things that I want to talk about and uh, a few little incidents that I also want to bring uh, light to or um, I want to say bring light to, but um, just make note of as we continue through our study of the book of Acts, which is a uh, just an accounting of the early ministry of the, the kingdom church and also the revelation of the mystery now given to Paul. And you'll see his first little comment here about going unto the Gentiles. And I, I got it pulled up over here on my concordance. And uh, we'll get to that in a moment. All right, let's get started. Verse number one, it says, After these things, Paul departed from Athens. Remember, we talked about that last time. He was at Mars Hill. He said, um, you know, let me declare unto you the unknown God. And he does so there on Mars Hills and talked about the bounds of habitation. We talked about that quite exclusively uh, last time. I hope that made a lot of sense to everybody. And uh, I haven't seen anything as far as uh, any kind of rebuttal of anything I said last week. But, um, you know, I'm always willing to have my mind change biblically. So always reach out to me. You can leave a comment below or write me, like I said, at the email address. But anyways, he's now departing from Athens and came to Corinth, which is a very familiar word if you've studied your Bible, because uh, Paul writes two separate letters um, to the the churches that he's that are going to be founded here in Corinth. I'm getting some, uh, uh, my headphones are cutting out, so it's a little distracting. But anyways, but you, you see this term Corinth, and it's in, again, Asia Minor, up around that area there, um, you know, what you would consider modern-day Turkey and Greece and that region up around there. Um, but here we have, uh, he said, they found, in verse number two, and found a certain Jew named Aquila, born in Pontus, lately come from Italy with his wife Priscilla. And these are the first two names I want to, to mention because you're going to see uh, Aquila and Priscilla uh, pop up a few times that are mentioned in some of Paul's letters as well. Um, helpers in the faith, I would say. But we're going to find out in just a moment they were also in the same line of work as Paul. Okay, And it says here with his wife Priscilla, because that Claudius, that's a Roman emperor, had commanded all Jews to depart from Rome and came unto them. So there was great persecution even then of anti-Semitic uh, type reactions. And um, so Claudius, uh, the Roman emperor at that time, kicked them out of Rome. So they're living there in Corinth in verse number three. And because he was of the same craft, he abode with them and wrought for by their occupation, they were tent makers. So once again, we see here uh, very quickly that there are tent makers here. uh, And that's the same as the apostle Paul. And I'm, I'm about ready to take these uh, headphones off. I think I have a little short in this wire. That's what it is. All right. Now, it's going to be a little bit distracting to me, but I'll try to not to mention it again. Okay. And he reasoned in the synagogue every Sabbath and persuaded the Jews and the Greeks. So, again, once again, Paul is going to this, uh, the synagogues on the Sabbath, and he's reasoning with them. And when Silas, who, remember, that was who was accompanying Paul on this journey here, and Timotheus were come from Macedonia. Remember, he left them there for a little while. 
Paul was pressed in the spirit and testified to the Jews that Jesus was Christ. He says, Jesus of Nazareth is your Messiah in whom you killed and you, you, uh, you rejected your own Messiah from prophecy. And when they opposed themselves and blasphemed, they didn't just disagree. They were conducting themselves quite uh, dishonorably here and blaspheming. He shook his raiment and said unto them, your blood be upon your own heads. It's interesting because they called for the blood to be on their own hands when they said to crucify Jesus and said unto them, your blood be on, on upon your own heads. And I am clean from henceforth. I will go into the Gentiles. Now, this is really the first time we see Paul making a a, um, a statement like this where he's saying, you know, I am no longer going to be doing this now. Um. I don't know in which spirit Paul gives this, you know, he might have been a little upset. I mean, they just blasphemed Jesus, his, his Lord, his Savior. Um, but the Bible doesn't really say what his attitude is here, but he says, I henceforth, he's, he says, and he shakes his raiment, says unto them, your blood be upon your own heads, I am clean. I will go unto the Gentiles from henceforth. Now, we do see Paul do uh, talking to uh, people of the Jewish nation, but you see a sharp twist or, or turn uh, in Paul's demeanor as far as in his um, his focus. Now, we know Paul was an apostle to the circumcision or uncircumcision. We know that. We saw that back in Acts chapter 15. But his heart desire, uh, you get this from Romans chapter 9. And in fact, we'll turn over there real quick to see his heart's desire. Even many years later, when he's writing this uh, to the, the churches in Rome, I say in truth, verse number one, I lie not, my conscience also bearing me witness in the Holy Ghost that I have a great heaviness and continual sorrow in my heart, for I could wish that myself were accursed from Christ for my brethren, my kinsmen, according to the flesh, who are Israelites, to whom pertaineth the adoption and the glory and the covenants and the giving of the law and the service of God and the promises. And he continues on. Um, you see here that the ordinances and promises are given unto them, the nation of Israel. Anyways, uh, we'll get back to it over here. But we see his, his heart's desire is for still his brethren in the flesh. Even to that point, it, nationalistically speaking, he understood prophecy. He understood prophecy very well. He understood that Christ fulfilled that prophecy, uh, many of those prophecies when he came in the flesh. In his ministry, his first ministry in the flesh, I've been teaching at the local assembly that I teach at here, and um, I've been talking about Jesus' second earthly ministry, which is his millennial kingdom, his reign on this earth. But during that time, Paul knew Scripture very well. And once he's converted on the road to Damascus, he understood scriptures. He searched scriptures. He had face-to-face -face conversations with the Lord. And he sees these people that know scripture. He says in one point uh, in a um, portion of Romans, I think it's chapter 11, where he says they were given the oracles of faith. I mean, he, they were given the very oracles or the words of God. This prophecy, he knew that Christ fulfilled this prophecy, and they blaspheme that they crucified him he was probably one of the ones in the sanhedrin that was probably crying out crucify him potentially if he was in jerusalem that day which during that passover week uh, why wouldn't he be 
But the point is, is that he sees that and he says, henceforth, I go into the Gentiles. There's still a remnant of him, though, that still has his desire for his brethren in the flesh. So you'll see Paul talk to and go into even um, amongst Jews and reason with them. Um, but his ministry, he knew from Jesus himself, was unto the Gentiles. The, the hard, fallow ground of the Israelite nation is very hard. And uh, it's the, I come, the verse comes to mind that, the, that Jesus is the stumbling block. He's, he's what they trip over. They can't get around that. They don't want to receive that. They don't want to, un, they don't want to accept that they crucified him. So he tells him the blood's on your own head. And he departed uh, thence, verse number seven, and entered into a certain man's house named Justice, one that worshiped God, whose house joined hard to the synagogue. So the synagogue building itself was joined to this person's house. Most of those towns back then, everything joined everything. You, know, you shared common walls because that, that's how they built those cities back then. I still go back to that. Uh, I think it's on this channel. You can go when I just do a brief little... Uh, thing around um, the Roman ruin, ruins there in Claudia Bellia um, in southern Spain, but, um, how they used to live. But anyways, the, the synagogue is right next to the house. And so this man, Justice, he goes into him, and Crispus, the chief ruler of the synagogue, believed on the Lord with all his house. So there was some that believed. And see what happened to him. And many of the Corinthians, hearing, believed and were baptized. Now, I do want to talk about that. Once again, who was there? Who, who just came in from Macedonia? Silas. And I do think Paul still was baptizing during this time. Uh, for, the, for the sake of, uh, of the audience and also for his apostleship. We talked about that last week. But as, as we are, keep going here, we see this man, the chief assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. That's in Hebrews 10 and verse number 24, 25. Provoke each other into good works and all these other kinds of things. Endure to the end. This is the judgment seats coming. If you lose your life, still don't take the mark. Convincing each other and helping each other with the book of Hebrews. Apollos, I believe, was, is still through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and preserved word of God is still going to be doing that even in the future. Now, I could be wrong. <laughs> I've Again, I could be mightily wrong that Apollos didn't write Hebrews. But my point is, is I don't think that Paul did. There's a lot more evidence to, to the contrary that Paul was the one that wrote Hebrews because that was not his general ministry focus. In the book of Acts, you see his early ministry, but Hebrews was written later on. And then you see when Paul's writing his letters, he's correcting the church. And he's, he's giving them the doctrine. He's telling people like Timothy and Titus to continue in the things that he taught them. That's what you see. He sees, you see in, in, in verses that are found in Philippians uh, how to continue together, how to edify each other, how to be of one mind and let this mind be in you, which was in Christ Jesus. You see in Galatians where he's kind of correct them. And he's also saying these ones that are creeping in unawares and all these ones that are coming in that are, are um, trying to bewitch you. Oh, foolish Galatians who have bewitched you. 
trying to like talk you know these are Jewish I believe Jewish believers in the early merged kind of churches that are still working hand in hand that these learned Jews that had the oracles of God are trying to can bewitch and and mystify these Gentiles to say oh I guess I maybe I have to in order to stay saved I have to not eat this and I have to do this and I have to do that and I have to do all these other I'm circumcised in the flesh and I got to do all this and Paul has to correct that but notice Hebrews isn't about correcting um church body of Christ it's about exhorting and convincing people mightily who Jesus is and that he's better than old sacrifices and that he was the final sacrifice for sin and how that blood of bulls and goats could only cover sin. He took it away. Anyways, if you disagree with that, please write it in the comments. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. Or you can write me at LTMBIY at Yahoo.com and tell me how I am very, very wrong. I look forward to hearing from you. So next, until next time, uh, like I said, uh, Lord willing, next week will be in Acts chapter um excuse me, Acts chapter 19. And we're going to see about these people that are believers, but and you've received the Holy Ghost yet? Those types of things are still going on. And we'll talk more about that in Acts chapter 19 next time. As you join me here, please tell all your friends about Let This Mind Be In You, a channel where we just endeavor to follow the word of God and shun vain babblings and the traditions of men. Don't need them. We have the plain scripture. So as we go through this transitional book of Acts, I hope you're seeing more of the differences between the two groups. Still one in one Lord, one Savior, Jesus Christ. That's the only way to salvation is believing that Jesus is who he said he was. And the fact that he came, he died and rose again the third day, according to scriptures, and he ascended unto heaven to make intercession for us. The, the fact that God manifests in flesh, meaning God showed man himself, even as he told Philip, you've seen me, you've seen the Father, and he tells us to understand that he is who he says he is. Well, why is that important? It's because for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God, so God himself had to reconcile us back to himself, the Bible says. He had to come humble himself, as Philippians 2 says, and humbled himself even to the death of the cross for your sins and mine, not for his own sins. By one man, sin entered into the world, and by sin, death, but also by one man, the man Christ Jesus, sin can be taken out of the way. As it says back there in Colossians chapter 2, he can take those things that are contrary to you, the ordinances, all the stuff that the law in Galatians says is your schoolmaster to teach you that you can't keep anything. And he took away those, those ordinances, nailing them to his cross. It's that simple. The simplicity of the gospel is believe that. And out of the heart, confession is going to be made. I'm telling you, the whole chicken and the egg scenario, and I, I've talked about that before, and it's coming up again. You know, people like, do I, do you need a prayer? Do you need to confess with your mouth to Jesus? Is, you know, you know, Whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Should we use that verse? Should we use uh, Romans 10, verse number 13? Understand that Jesus is God, manifest in the flesh, and he died, rose again the third day according to scriptures, for sins, and took them out of his way. 
for he is rich. Romans chapter 10 says, Romans chapter 10, verse number 12, there is no difference between Jew and the Greek, for the same Lord over all is rich unto all that call upon him. You can use this verse to say to yourself, now in this dispensation, all can call. You don't have to go through Israel. It doesn't matter your nationality because in him is the body of Christ. There is no Jew or Gentile, no Jew and Greek. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. At this time when Paul's writing this, the, 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 the gospel of the kingdom is on pause for, a, for at least 2,000 years. It's coming back. They will preach the everlasting gospel again, according to the book of Revelation, during the time of Jacob's trouble. But how shall then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And that's what we're doing here. Preaching. Proclaiming Jesus is God and he died for your sins. And it doesn't matter what your nationality, doesn't matter what your gender is, it doesn't matter what your uh, ethnic group is. It doesn't matter what your social economic status is. He's rich. And there is no, there is no, uh, thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thy heart that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. The death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ found in verse 9. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. So, in, in other words, for there's no difference. For the same Lord over all is rich unto all. Riches meaning God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace. All right. Hope that helps you. Simple, simplicity of the gospel. It's very simple. You're a sinner. If you've never believed that Jesus came and died for your sins, and Jesus wasn't just a carpenter, wasn't a good man, but the only one that could take away sins is God himself. And he died for you and me. That's the simplicity of the gospel. And I hope you've believed that. I hope you've confessed that. I hope your life is an ambassador of that very fact. In the vocation wherewith you're called, the ministry of reconciliation. I hope that's the case. If not, let's get better at that. Let's edify each other. Let's build each other up in that. If you've never received that knowledge, you've received it now. I've proclaimed to you. I've been the preacher to you. If you've listened this far, salvation is free. By grace are you saved. God's riches. He is rich to all that believe. Okay. Rich unto all that call upon him. Excuse me. Loving the Lord. I do. Let's... We're, there's a lot of different controversies that rise over here, and you need to stand on God's word. Confession needs to be made, but not the way you're thinking it. Not confession in front of a priest. I can't remember all my sins. It's the acknowledgement that you are a sinner is what brings you into repentance, a changing of your mind towards God and who he is and who he said he was, and he walked this earth. And the first time he proclaimed that he was there, he died because they was rejected as Paul is, is, is talking about blood being on their heads. But now God has given this ministry to us through the mystery of the revelation given to Paul. His gospel, the good news is that you don't have to go through ordinances of Israel and live as a Jew. 
You can be saved today. You can become a new creature in Christ Jesus today. And I hope that's the case for you. All right, that's it. See you next week, God willing, on Let This Mind Be In You. Bye for now.